off the ball. Anthony, Anthony and Anthony. That would be the front three for Manchester United. Martial, Alanga and Anthony. I've laughed or socked off. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Yeah, well, we're just delighted to have the creme de la creme of Irish flat racing over two days here. And we're also thrilled to have Ireland's most decorated rugby player, Rob Carney. Round of applause for Rob. Loud's finest. And we're also going to bring up to the stage Mead's finest, Jer Lyons and Johnny Murta. Welcome, lads. Well, lads, how are we getting on? Where do you want Rob? Uh, Rob will be at the end there, as you can see. We did, oh, we, great. We, we did say this to me. five minutes ago. So. In the light. Keep him in the light. <laughs> I, I believe you're both in good form. Johnny, uh, you, had a, you had a gamble at Navin yesterday, did you? <laughs> I'd have heard the one, all right. Yeah, he was... Um... Zero, 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 zero were the form figures, just for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> one. And one. But he won by a short head, so... Um... Actually, listen, um... Do you want to elaborate, Johnny? I thought we were talking about Champions Weekend. He, he, he got lucky, is what they say, is it? He got lucky. Ben Cohen was on him yesterday. Just won by a short head. Big, big horse. Took a few runs to get organised, but um, thankfully... Thankfully, he came out with the right decision of a very tight finish yesterday. Yeah, but it was... We're trying to clean up racing, but it's just not there. <laughs> you had a winner as well yesterday. Yeah, but that was that needed to win. Like, you know, okay. That wasn't right. having his fifth run with zero, okay. zero, zero, zero in front of it. Some of us do the job right. The, <laughs> they, they improve. Mine improve with time. They improve as they run along. Improve so, with uh, money, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a bad reputation here. Uh, Mark Johnson. Barney Corley Mark Johnson. Martha, huh? No, Mark Johnson. Oh, he's always trying. Always trying. <laughs> This, this is what it's all about. I'm going over to the Breeders' Cup. I'm very lucky to be going in uh, November to Kentucky, lads. And I kind of think this is a bit like our own Breeders' Cup. You've got all this race, great racing at the Leperstown. Like, you had four winners last year, Jer. And then you have the... Sorry, how many? Four on the first day. <laughs> four on the first day. And was it none on the second day? Sorry. Four. I can't hear you speaking. Four. Four. Uh, I'll spell it out. How many was that? Four. <laughs> And Johnny, the winner of the St. Ledger last year. This, like, this is just, you think about the derbies held in June, July, and now we're getting into September. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> I had two classics in the one month. <laughs> but, no, as you said, it's, it's... I actually had a classic when you stopped writing for me. So what would he not tell, John? Uh, yeah, the classics... I, I, it's amazing how I improved when you retired. <laughs> I was walking around your house and I was seeing, remember I seen all those, Jesus, all yes. those pictures you had up this on the wall? This is a true story. I never, I never, I rode for Geraldine's for two years, but I decided one morning to go down and ride work to see what was the magic formula. So I walked around his kitchen and he's got all these lovely winners along the... This is back now, 30 years ago, by the way. Along the, along the kitchen table and, you know, and... Everywhere, I had the wall covered. Yeah. What'd I say? Well, I was making the tea and the toast. I was delighted to have the revered Martha in my kitchen. I couldn't believe how lucky I was. Now, remember at that time, winners were scarce to come by. And if I had a winner and I put it on the wall, it meant something to me, right? So as, as I uh, made the tea and the toast and your man's finished his tour, he just turns around as only Johnny can do. So apologies, I know it's on the radio, but you're allowed one bleep. And he says, Jesus, you've trained some shite. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant it as a compliment because how good he was to train those kind of horses to win. 
But I didn't get, didn't get any sugar in my tea. Though, let me tell you, but, uh, and I re-wallpapered the kitchen. <laughs> but things have changed a lot now. And as I said, it just showed last, last, um, last year. The greatest, the greatest weekend of Irish racing. Gerlines wins four, four races on, on, yeah. on the first day of the season. Um, you know, he's, he's, he, he's built his yard. He's built his yard. When I started training, I kind of modelled myself on Ger Lyons. Right. You know, I kind of modelled, go, buy your own horses, work hard, uh, sell, the, sell them on, get the money back in, invest again, go to the sales, work hard. And I, I said to Ger one day, Ger, I said, listen, bit, you know, bit of advice there. What, what? He, he says, I'll give you the best advice. So I'm standing there with my mouth open thinking I'm going to get these words of wisdom. Don't be like me. <laughs> you have no friends. You have no owners. And he says, you know, people will hate you. And, but he's done very well out of it. And as I said, it's through hard work and through his own self-belief because he might tell you he was a great jump jockey. But that's, I've, seen, I've seen the videos. He, he was a jump jockey who turned his hand to train flat horses. Yeah. And he's now... Just wasn't as good as I thought I was. He's now, he's now in the top two or three. But going back to Champions Weekend, that is the weekend we all want to have winners. Yeah. You start out the year, you get over Derby Weekend, and Everton is cut towards Irish Champions Weekend. That's where you want to be. That's where you want all your best horses to run. And as you said, not alone have we all the best in Ireland, but now you have English, French. Um, they're, all, they're all over here to take us on. And we say we're the best, and we'll see you again on Champions Weekend. Yeah. We'll show them we are the best. How's it evolved then, Jerry? Because you're managing a lot. You're like, like we're talking about Rob in, in, a, in a moment about coaches and Joe Schmidt and Michael Chaik and that. Because you're, you know, you're managing owners, you're managing jockeys, you're managing you know, you know, entries, you're managing the staff. Uh, how has it evolved for you that you got in the position that you got into? I surrounded myself with very good people. Um, it's, it's. You know, they say, like, like Sir Rob, do something 10,000 times and you get good at it, you know, before you get good at it. And that's what we're doing, you know. I'm doing the same thing for the last however long. I'm up at four, quarter to five every morning. We're feeding horses. It's the, my wife says it's the most boring life in the world. You know, it's, it's Groundhog Day. But that's, that's what you're doing. And I've got good assistants. I've got good girls in the office. And I've just surrounded myself with good people so that I concentrate on what I'm doing. And they've all their job to do. You always see it, but there's no way you can do everything. But you just let them do their job. And I'm, it, it took years to build up, but we're surrounded by people who know what they're doing. What's the favourite part of training, guys? Is it like the, going to the track? Is it that call at, you know, when, you, when you know you've maybe got a good horse, a good prospect? Is it that 6 o'clock in the morning when there's nobody around and you're just working with the horses? What's the, what's the most enjoyable part of it? Yeah, I think, I think the most enjoyable... Is, is the mornings get up in the mornings feeding them or, or at night I feed them at half nine every night and you're walking around it's so quiet so peaceful you're in your own yard you see the horses you feed them it's unbelievable how they're in the same place every evening the same horses do the same thing some come to you some shy away um, and if they don't you go in thinking oh jeez I hope he's okay I wonder if there's wrong with him you know what I mean but that is that is that is the, the most enjoyable part of it, outside sitting down, picking a race for a horse in two weeks' time, preparing them for that race. Like the one yesterday? <laughs> five months. <laughs> took but, him, took but, him five years to get that horse ready. But, <laughs> but, but when it wins, it's great satisfaction. As a jockey, 
as a jockey, I was just getting up and down, you know, jumping from Billy to Jack. Listen, Lions is horses out of form. We'll go on to Eddie Lynham's. Lynham's no good. Go back to Jerry Lyons. So you're kind of doing that. Is but it just forgotten about, like, you know, when you ride a race, is it almost, what's the next race? Yeah. Yeah. Cold. It's cold. Just on to the next one. The next one's the most important one. It's the same training. Yeah. And it's the worst thing, like, I think, Rob, you said you had, a, you had one horse. Nothing worse than owning one horse. Because we've run it in the first race, and this is this is Jared's sales pitch. He'll have one with Martin before the years. He's got one for He's got a call for a quarter of a million. You need ten, Rob. I've not one for that. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you five for that, Rob. Don't worry about that. Um, but no, it's it's it, it, it's going to the races is the job. And there's a lot of rubbish that goes on with that that takes the fun away from okay. what we do. Like my my what I love the most is just seeing them on the gallops, having nobody talking to me. And every now and then you just we got one. And that's lovely. And then there's obviously somebody living in the hedges because they seem to know before I do that. <laughs> when it goes to the races then it's all of a sudden, geez, how do they find out about that? Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll find in general that it's you who said it. You've said it out too loud to somebody. Christ, we've got one. The next thing, it's gone. But uh, no, the finding that diamond in the rough is is the reason you do it. Nowadays, the job's gone very bureaucratic. There's a lot of paperwork with it, and there's a lot of nonsense that goes with it that takes the fun away from it. But in general, what the only reason we do it is for the horse. Let's take a look at Mason, who won on the first day for you at Leopardstown last year. This was uh, the first day of Longines Irish Champions Weekend for Jer Lyons. Maybe talk us through the race there, Jer. What if I could see it? <laughs> I'm in the way. Head off in Leopardstown's final race, the Irish EPF Sovereign Path Handicap Still over seven it. furlongs on the sharp end, San Andreas. Well, Mason is by Kingman, and uh, he was a very, very hot individual. And you see Colin here on the outside. Basically, what we've done here is we've dropped a group, but we always thought this was our Guinea's horse. He never made it that far, and um, we gelded him in a, in a break. So we've dropped a proper group horse into a handicap. And that's him sitting fourth, I think. Next on the inside is yep. Dream Today, who's been and a group horse in a handicap. You've heard the saying, he's a group horse in a handicap. And he eventually comes through them and wins like a group horse in a handicap. It's funny what Jar says there about, you know, people finding out even before. You're saying, how do they know you have a good one? Before Mason made his debut at Leperson, he won a maiden at Leperson on his debut. I got three phone calls to tell him he was the best horse, best juvenile that Jar Lyons had that season. So he obviously taught a lot of them early on, Jar. Yeah. Last of all. I'd like to know who rang you. I can't. <laughs> the journalist never reveals the sources, Jer. That's why I don't speak to the Racing Post. <laughs> You're speaking to me tonight. Under duress. <laughs> and so he's gone away here. He's winning like a good horse. And like we've had a few winners before on the day. So I thought this, you know, I, it, going into the day, that was my best chance for a winner. Uh, I just didn't trust the horse. Um, he's gone and he's won. He's always going to win. And that ended a fantastic day. Um, I knew there, and I think he won next start was the stakes race in Leperson, but I knew he was en route to America. Okay. For two reasons. Um, A, there's much more prize money. Like Champions Weekend is fantastic, but that's not every weekend we have that type of money. And already he's proven the money that he's running for in America. And what mm. he got beat an inch in his first run, which was the kingmaker in, in uh, 
I can't think where it is, but it was 650 grand, you know, and then he, I think he's ran for the guts of two million in the last six months. So he's a nice horse and, and, and America suits him because he trains on the track. He was a very fussy individual. At home he was great, but he'd go to the races and he'd just melt down. Whereas they train on the track in America, and I knew that would suit him, and it has suited him. So, but uh, it was the end of a very good day that day. One of your best days in racing. You think, well, you got, you got the first one in, and then you get the second one, and you're going, mm, maybe. Yeah, the first one went in. We won the first race, which is a two-year-old race. We like to. I love two-year-olds, and we like to aim for that race. And didn't think we'd win, but I was hoping we'd be in the money to get black type, and she won. And I thought, Jesus, this is going to be a long day. You know, I thought first winners in, that's us done. You know, now we have to watch the next 16 races of the bang, 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 and then it just kicked off from there. And yeah, it was as good a, as good a day's racing as we've had. We see that right on Mason there. How good is your future son-in-law? Future son-in-law, Colin Keane. No pressure, Col. <laughs> He's the best retained rider in the country. He got the best retainer a jockey could have. Everybody talks about when's Aiden going to take him. I don't think Aiden has a daughter to give him. <laughs> 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 but um, but uh, no, um, class, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's not as good as this man yet. Yeah. But he's got. Could be. Uh, oh, he could be, yeah. He's only a young man. Only young. It's uh, an amazing race, this champion stakes. I remember look, looking back at Fantastic Light and Galileo, Johnny, and uh, I think you won it in 1996 on Tim but Dylan Thomas, Golden Horn, See the Stars. What a, what a roll of honour. What a race. Yeah, I remember that, that race because Frankie stayed with me the night before. Fantastic light. And he was called to Kildangan Stud that morning for a big meeting with Sheikh Mohammed. So he comes back to me and goes, they want me to go in front of Galileo. I said, what? I said, sure, you allowed to stay here, Frankie? Fuck, they want me to go in front of him, Johnny. They want me to follow the pacemaker. I said, Frankie, go back and tell them before the race. You know, like, you're a mile and a quarter horse. He's a mile and a half. He's going to... So, Sheikh Mohammed told him, go in front, you'd kill him. And he'd beat him. Yeah. Frankie jumps off, I knew I'd make the run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew, I, I knew there was a cheek in him. So, but listen, the greatest race, it is, it's the greatest race, it has the greatest finishes, it's the, um, it's the, it's, it's the one everyone wants to win. It's yeah. the big one on that weekend, and it wasn't the weekend before, but that was the biggest race. It's, it's like the arc, and it builds up then. If you can win that, then you roll onto the arc. August, September time is, is brilliant months. Right. Because the group ones just keep coming. Every weekend there's a group one, there's a group one, there's a group one. It's a very fair track to ride, it seems. Never down. Yeah. Uh, no? Maybe for jumps? Tricky. All right, I'll tell you about a fair track, right? When we were riding together, working together, I was adamant, and I'm still adamant, that Leprestown needs a false rail. Do you know what I mean by a false okay. rail? Maybe explain for the audience here. Right, a false rail is when we turn into the straight, we're following the rail. So the rail then keeps us going up the centre, and then it drops away in here so that, say Johnny's all dressed up with nowhere to go, turning in. He knows there's a false rail coming, so he's going to take his time, he's going to take his time. Next thing, we straighten up. The lad in front has to keep straight, and there's a gap. Everybody has a fair. The best horse is going to win. Okay, and if Dundalk needs a false rail, which Dundalk has, Leprosel needs a false rail, right? I've been saying it for years. So they've tried it a few times. No, oh. they didn't try it properly at all. This this lad, this lad was my biggest unsupporter of having a false rail, right? No, Joe, we don't need a false rail. Why? Because I'm the best jockey riding, and I lose my advantage. I said, Johnny, you won't. Yes, I will. This went around the way room. Pat Smullen said, no, 
Aidan O'Brien said no, Dermot Wells said no. Johnny was very vocal. I'm the best rider riding. I'm going to lose my advantage. There's no false trail. And I said, Jesus, lads, this is nonsense. We're drawn out wide over seven furlongs. You have no chance. If you're drawn out wide over seven furlongs and there's a false trail, you can ride a race, right? So we roll on time. Johnny's after retiring as a jockey, and he's now a trainer. <laughs> we want a false trail. And <laughs> no, but like, it, it, you said it is a fair trap. Big, long, sweeping yeah. bend, but you're turning from the five to the three. Right. If you can just give your horse a breather there, you can clump it down a bit. Nobody's going to move at the five, unless you're a moon man. Nobody's going to move at the four. So the odds. So if you can get to the five going well, but you have to go quick enough that they're not taking you on early. So you go quick enough, you get to the five, you clamp it down. There's no way they're going to catch you the last two furlongs. If I'm in front and I'm after dictating the pace, no one's getting by me up the straight in Leperstown. But if you take away, if there's a false rail there, the fellas on the inside are getting a freebie at you. So you make it, t- you make it tight for them. And Rob will say, you're marking someone, you're playing someone. You make it as difficult as possible for them to beat you. So there, it's, it's a track where I would say eight out of ten times the best horse wins, where the Curra is... Nine out, nine and a half out of ten. Right. So there is a tricky element, and you can be very unlucky in Leopardstown. And, and Navin, it just depends on who's gambled on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think Leopardstown... I, I think the very man was 20 to 1, though, so we'll find out. But Leopardstown, Leopardstown is... Um, you have, you have to, I've had a, had a great saying for you there now. You have to knock on me half straight away. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave. Um, <laughs> Baid might come over. Would be amazing. This horse never been beaten. A bit like what Frankel. You, 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 you know, where, where does this horse rank in terms of the great stars? We... Listen, they're making comparisons with Frankel and with See the Stars. And I rode against Frankel. I rode in the Guineas against Frankel. I always, I thought it was a false start. He was that far ahead of us. Like after going, like the Guineas is the big Group One three-year-old star of the year. He was 25 lengths clear after going a half a mile. And no one could get near him because he went so fast for so long. He just maintained that high gallop. So he was a brilliant horse, unbeaten, trained by Henry Cecil. King Henry Cecil, everybody loves him. So he got that romance as well. Um, And what he did in in York, in that that race in York, the Judmont in York, that was unbelievable. See, the stars comes along the next year. I was riding for Aidan at the time. We tried everything to beat him. Well, see, the stars not first. See the Stars, I think it was the next year, was he? No, See the Stars before. He was before. Sorry, well, See the Stars comes along, sorry, the year before him, mm. and he was brilliant. He, we couldn't beat him. He won six group ones in a row. We threw Everton and he won from a mile right up to a mile and a half. So Baid is coming along, and he's beaten, this year he's beaten ordinary horses. Like, right. He's beaten ordinary horses, he's beaten them well, and I'm a bit sceptical, I'm looking at him thinking, ah, jeez, Delaney's donkey would beat him, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's good, but he's not. But what he did last week, he started to, mm. you know, he, what he did last week, and that's what the good trainers do. They bring them along and they're getting better each run. Right. The race are getting tougher and they bring them along and they get better. So what he did in York last week was pretty special. And he's getting close to them. But he has to come over to Ireland and win. Or he has to go to the Ark and win. And then he has to go to Champions Day in England and win. For what? To be the great, to be to be like in the same breath as them. I I, I feel ah, he's like in, he's in he's in the same breath. Nice. He's not he in the is. same breath. No, he is ah, absolutely he is, in the same breath as him. I love this horse. I've seen him since the start, and I've been talking to William about him from the start. William Haggis, his trainer. Yeah, and, William. William. And um, <laughs> his mate. Well, us two, us, us top <laughs> trainers, sort of stick together. You know, we talk to each other. <laughs> You'll get there in time <laughs> if you keep working. <laughs> 
is he as good as his dad? No, not yet. I'd agree with Johnny. Is he as good as... Like, See the Stars for me was the best that I've seen. And then Frankel was just wow. But for me, See the Stars was... Is that because of the versatility? Yes, he did, he did everything. And John, like John Ox, that, that scares me. Like what John Ox did with the best horse I've seen was as good a training performance as Henry Cecil did with Frankel. And I don't know how many years later he was gone, but it wasn't five. Yeah. And if you ever get cocky in this game, just remember John Ox. Yeah. Because you're only as good as your last winner. You've heard me saying it a hundred times, but that reminds me of this game. It, you've just trained the best horse that you've ever seen that anybody's ever seen, and the game spits you out. It's and he was ridden brilliantly by Canaan. Yeah, well, the arc ride was amazing. But even before the arc, he used to win a neck or a half right. a length, and he yeah. never gave him a hard race. So what, what, what is the secret to that? I think it's experience. Okay. I think it's experience. Like, if I was a young lad, like, if I rode to see the stars, he'd be rated highest of all time. I said to John, because I would have got him, I would have grabbed the hold of him two down and gave him, ah, one by five. Now he's rated 145, but he never, might never win again. So they're having hard races all the time in these group ones because they're very competitive, having hard races all the time. So if you can leave a little bit in the locker for the next one. They're very alike, the two of them. I spoke to John Ox um, last week about them and he said, it's almost like you're looking at the same horse and their demeanour before the race. They're so relaxed and laid back. And that's probably why he was able to run so many times during his three-year-old career. And it's the same with Baye this year. Like, I'd say Baye is much smaller than Cedar Much Stars, smaller, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is, yeah. But a yeah. good temperament like him. And, and when he pulled up the other day after the race, what I loved about him when you seen him walking around, he didn't look like he had a hard race. No, but he no, didn't. He didn't look like he had a hard race. And... Johnny, you telling me then, Frank will see the stars. You wouldn't have bayed in the top three with those. I would. I haven't heard. Oh, you wouldn't have. Yeah. No, I, I, no. I said you said the no, same. You said the same breath. I said, okay. yeah, he's, he's not in the same breath as Frank. Well, he is if he's tall. But you take a paw <gasps> and bayed. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not just there yet, but maybe he's getting there. But he has to keep doing it. But that's like the top. The top horses have to keep doing it. Yeah. It's like the top jockeys. Oh, you were great last Saturday in Gorn. And what about tomorrow? This is this is the one. My wife used to say to me, you know, she where's this going? Derby, der, derby day. You're great. You're great, Derby day. Oh, you're great, Derby. You're great. But he said, Ross Common, someone's Derby. They've bred that horse. This is the day for him. Everyone's lined them up. This is the day. You need to be the same on that. Yeah. And that's what, like, that's what the great jockeys do. They're the, they're the, they're the same. And that's what Mick Canan was. That's why he set the marker. He was. He was the same on a Monday in Roscommon, Tuesday in Navin. Well, you have a responsibility, don't you? You have a responsibility to that small You're getting paid the same. Yeah. yeah. You're getting paid the same. Yeah. And why are you not the same? Yeah. That's why Frankie and Goslin had their fallout. Because he was a Saturday jockey and he wasn't a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday jockey. And then he just told him to wake up. You need to be. And you do need to be. Well, he, he, he can do it. Frankie can do it. Like I, I, I always found when I was riding plenty and riding loads, you'd be really on top of your game. You know, you'd be riding lots, you'd be on top of your game, you'd know the pace, you know everything. But Frankie was able to do it. He's able to rock up on a Saturday and, and those big days, but it's all good till you, till you get beaten a couple. Yeah, and he got beaten Ascot. And, 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 then, and then it's, you know, they're looking to pick holes in you, but um, I still believe he's, he's... Well, even the great Frankie, he's only as good as his last winner. See? Yeah. The saying is true, isn't it? Yep. We have a couple of other horses that might run in the um, champion stakes on Longines Irish Champions Weekend. This is Leperstown. This is the first day, 10th of September. Vedeni, who won the Eclipse, this French horse, and maybe Luxembourg. That was meant to be the Derby horse. Raiden O'Brien got injured, but has come back. I like Vedeni. You know, I'm... Now that I'm working for the Aga Khan. <laughs> Again. 
he's in our team. <laughs> you see, I had the backbone to say I like Cedar Stars better than Frankel. I work for Judmont. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, well, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rory Mann might be watching this. Have the Rory Mann might have be watching the, this. Have the confidence to stand up for your own conviction. No, no, no. I like Vadini, and I'll tell you, he will test. He will test Baid. I like the way he won in France, um, and then I was very, very taken the way he won in in Sandown in the Eclipse. So mile and a quarter round Leperstown suit them really well. And I hope, I hope they do, because we probably need them a couple of really top stars from France, from... England yeah. to come over and yeah. and and and, and, and log, he- log together there in the best race in the world. We don't want it to be a penalty kick. Um, now the Sunday at the Curra, the St Ledger. This Johnny might want to talk us through the Sunny Boylist and your first classic winner last year. Right, let's talk through the race Second here. Classic. They're off in the final classic. The Cobra I was down with you the week before, Johnny. Yeah, well, he was after winning in York. He won the Ebor handicap, and it was two weeks beforehand. He had a hard race, and first couple of days he looked, he was feeling a bit sorry for himself, and he was tired because, like, it was a tough race, soft ground, York, mile and six, and I, I just thought it's going to be tough to get him back. You know, it's two weeks turn around, and I put him out in the field then for a couple of days. I didn't ride him out. Put him out in the field. He loved the field, and I put the guy on him that rode him. He used to ride him out every day. A guy there called Pavo. He's so relaxed. The horses just go for him, and he rode him for a week. And he goes, "Little tired, little tired." Gave him Sunday off. Rode him on Monday. Oh, he says he's going well. Tuesday, gave him a little spin, and he said to me, I said, well, Pavel, better. I said, better than yesterday, better than the evil. I said, oh, the same will do, Pavel, the same will do. He's better, and that gave me confidence then going into the race. The race went good, you know, the Ledger's tough race, mile and six at the Curra, rain came, he was... He was in a nice position, I told Ben, ride him forward, Ben always thought he'd get the trip really well. Um, Chair might think he's the best jockey in Ireland, but I have the second best, and he's not too far behind. I think he's, I th- I think he's yeah. a great young lad. He's really cool. He's very confident, and he gave him a peach of a ride. Um, listen, this was straightforward enough. He sat fourth. Horse travelled really well, and um, you know, I train right beside the Curra to win, to win on Champions Weekend. It's sure it's what it's what it's what we're doing it for, really. You know. A classic at the Curra. Um, That's the most emotional I've seen you after a race. You were you were welling up a little bit. I was like, as I said, so it's, it's big. It's big. It's like it's big. It's big for us. We had a great year. We had a couple of winners in the winner in Nascot, winner in York, winner in Goodwood. But to come back and do it on home soil and to win a classic. Um, and as Jared says, you know how hard we work. Like it's, it's, it's tough work. We get, I start at five in the morning, finish at half nine, quarter ten. Um, got 20, 20 people working for me. Um, and it, mean, it means a lot to them. And He was hardy here, wasn't he? Like he really had to stick his neck out. He's a tough horse. Yeah, I, I did think when we got here, you know, it's going to be a long way home. And he had the hard race in York. And would he be able to keep going? But in all fairness to the horse, he's, he's one of those ones. He's cheap pieces on him because he's a little bit lazy. He's always saving a little bit. So I was hoping, I was hoping that when the push came to shove that he would. And in fairness to the horse, he did. He was. This is a question we always ask, Johnny. 
that moment there passing the line in the ledger, how did that compare with winning a Guineas or a Derby as a, as a jockey for you? Is, is that a better feeling than passing the line as a jockey? I think it is. I think it's more involved. You know, passing the line as a jockey, you kind of, it's, it's a bit of relief. And I think, oh, gee, thank God everything went well and it's great. And, but it's that. It's just that winning feeling. I don't know what it is. Mm. It's the same, really. You know, it's, it's more satisfying being a trainer because you have to do all the work and you know how much goes in behind the scenes. And... But just, just the winning. Would you say the same, same Ger? I wasn't a jockey. I was a trainer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be winning big races as a jockey. So yeah, winning any race as a trainer is... Yeah, but the, I must... For me, anyway... I find that the buzz is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Why is that? Because you're just a hungry, greedy bugger that wants right. to win everything. Okay. And greed is, they say greed is good, but greed is terrible. You're the Gordon Gecko of the, uh, the panel here this evening. I, hey, he I'm is, not on, he is, I'm, he is, I'm he not is, on my he own. Is. I'm telling this lad to cut my legs off for a winner, you know. It's very, very competitive in Ireland. So when you do win... Is that tense? Have a good buddy. How do you mean tense? Just do we fight? You know, on the day, can there be a bit? Of Not at all. No, there's nothing we can do about it. But we take, we take the, we 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 know we're in competition. Yeah. You know, I mean, he says I think I have the best jockey. <laughs> <laughs> he's a champion. How long? And he's still, you know, this is what he's like. Everything Johnny has is the best. Yeah. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. Well, what's it like when you're at home and obviously one works really well and it's running a maiden in Leperstown or the Curra and you think you've a really good one and it just doesn't run well. And <laughs> you're going day. there so excited and then you're so deflated within a minute and a half. Is that one of the worst feelings? In the, wor- in the world. Yeah. The um, dream is just gone. Be with me in your class Saturday. You know, be with me anywhere. You know, York, you have to get home from England. Yeah, you had license in the E-bar. Oh, well, I didn't expect it. He shouldn't have ran, but doctor, both of them ran motherless. Mm. You know, it was shocking. And nobody, like, and then some clown will come up to you and tell you your horse just ran bad. I did it. Shit, I wasn't watching that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's like, Rob, you missed the conversion. I know you don't take conversions. I'm not a rugby man, but I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. See, I thought it was Robbie Keane that was here tonight. <laughs> He's but, not even yeah. on the stage yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's... You can't bring it home, though. You can't... Hmm? You, can't you have to just surely draw a line under your, your feeling. <laughs> it's not... Yeah, I know about, you're both Man United man. Remember when Alex Ferguson once took to the bed after Man City beat them 5-1 back in the late 80s? Is it, does it get that bad? Ah, sure, I'd say he wasn't sober when he got uh, there. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's... it's, it's, it's it's soul-destroying, you know, you think this is a good horse and you've built him up and you've spoke to the owner, think he's going well, and then all of a sudden, boom, he runs bad. But your first impression's usually all right, so there's always maybe, there was some reason on the day you didn't know, or, or maybe they're just good home workers, and that's, that's a hard way to find out. You know that kind of way, they work well in the morning, they just can't produce it on, on the day. But your first impression is usually, is usually spot on, and if, 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 if you think they're good, mm. they will show it down the line, but... Listen, I've got to the stage now where I say, right, come on, it's, it's gone, that one. Yeah. Welcome to the next one. We need the next one. And you need to be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need to be up for the next one because you have to be positive with the next bunch of owners. And, yeah. 
Oh, this is our one. Rob, this is our one. We all horse one bad. I'll tell you, we'll have you. You're back, yeah. <laughs> Rob and Leave This is the one. Ten horses. This is the one. This is the one. But as Jar says, you need runners in every race. because you need runners it, in every race. And, and fancied runners in every race. Because you could be waiting, like, when I started off 20 horses, like, I was having one runner a day. Hmm. Like, fucking nightmare. That's what I'm saying, what I was saying earlier on about having one horse in training. Like, you, it runs bad. Me and Johnny are on to the next one. The owner has to wait six weeks, seven weeks, however long until that horse runs again. You know, and that's soul destroying. Mm. You know, and I, I'm speaking for me, I'm not speaking for Johnny or any other trainer, but I take it terribly personal. You know, like, it's, they're my horses, you might pay for them, but they're my horses, and if it goes wrong, it's me that, you know, I just feel like. Jared yeah, wouldn't be a great loser now. You wouldn't be the best loser in the world, I'd say, would you? No. No. Did the jockeys get the brunt of that? No, not, not once. We never fell out over losing. <laughs> the only time we ever fell out. <laughs> the press get the brunt of it. When? When? The only time we ever fell out was when you came in and accused me of not saddling my horse right. <laughs> <laughs> it is a true story, yeah, it is a true story. Down right, like a pair of spoiled kids. And uh, I bought a horse, I think it was the Monster Oaks or something. I don't know what it was. Did the saddle slip back? It must have had to slip back anyway. And he comes in and he was like Johnny. He was having problems with his weights at that time. He was having problems with everything. <laughs> <laughs> so he took it out on me and he says, yeah. And it started wherever we got off the horse. And then I wouldn't be one to back down. So I says, he's not getting away with that. So we went at each other all the way back into the weigh room. He's riding for me in the next race all the way back out to the weigh room. The stewards had to separate us. I'm, all right. I'm riding from in the next race. Right, we stood. So I, 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 I kind of said, who am I riding for this race? And I gave out the saddle. <laughs> so I, co- I, come out, I come out late to the parade ring in Down Royal. He's standing like that. So I, he stands I, I'm like standing this. like that. <laughs> the owner's in the middle. <laughs> And, also, and, all, and to this day, the only thing I remember him saying is, I never had to tell John Ox how to tag a horse up. <laughs> and that was it. And I thought... Uh, uh. But we, we, we had great days together. We had great days. Well, I, I went over to England. I went freelancing over in England. And I come back and I started riding for Ger. And he's always on to me. My horses are green, you know what I mean? They run a bit green first time out. They've never been on the grass. So I said, I'd go up and ride out in his place. There's dogs running along the side of the gallop. Their stalls are parked there. The tractor is there. I said, Jerry, your horse is not galloped. There's more. There's more in one lap around your gallop than most of the horses of the curl would see in six months. <laughs> but um, I, I always enjoy riding from because I, when you, 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 you knew coming back in, didn't matter what race it was, he, he loved winning. He just, lo- he just loved winning. And, and I loved winning from him. I loved winning from him. Like, as I said, got to know him well, loved winning from him. I knew, you know, and then I said, you leave it to me. You, you leave it to me, Lions. You know, you leave that it was to the me. thing. You legged him up. And that's what I have a Colin now, which is fantastic. I wouldn't be a great jo- man to have no jockey. Right. And I legged this man up. Job was done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the job was done. And it's the same with the man I have. And the same with Gary Carroll, in fairness. But I'm just blessed. And I love having a stable jockey for that reason. Just up you go. Bang. There's only what? one regret I have riding for him. I'm going to tell you the story now. Start of the year, I said to my agent, Eddie, I said, Eddie, we'll ride for Jer Lyons and Eddie Lynham. And I rode two winners for them. I rode a winner for Jer in Dundalk on a Friday, and I rode a winner for Eddie Lynham on a Saturday. And, no, no, ride them next time. Lovely horses, lads. I'll ride them next time. Wherever he goes, I'll ride them. So Eddie rings me three weeks later. He goes, Johnny, bit of a problem, he says. 
them two horses in the one race. <laughs> he said, I rang Jar and he says, you're riding his. And you must have told Eddie you're riding his because he's of the opinion. Oh, I said, Jesus, Eddie, what are we going to do? I said, now think about it, Johnny. Think about it. What? He said, he said, Jar will go mad. <laughs> I said, no, nah, he won't. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Yeah, he will go mad. I said, fuck it. We'll, we'll ride Jar's. Keep him happy. I said, I don't think... I, I, there's not much between both horses, I said, so... I ride Jer's. Oh, Jesus, this soul power. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I ride Jer's. Wayne Lorden gets on Eddie Lynham's. Yeah, a horse called Slade Power. Not soul power, Slade Power, the better one. So, Slade Power wins. Slade Power goes on, wins. July Cup. Four group ones. Yeah. And you couldn't get back on him. I couldn't get back on him. Yeah, well, listen, you wouldn't have learned as much off Eddie about being trainer as you did off me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, lad. <laughs> oh, you yeah, that's what I said to yeah. you earlier. Be stand up for, you know, have confidence in your conviction. I you was, know? but I just couldn't listen to you. It was early in the year. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have never left me alone. You have a couple in the same ledger um, entered, Jer, uh, Kamora and Thunderkiss this year. Ground, Kamora uh, sold to go to Australia. Right. Um, and this, the deal was that he was running the ledger and on, 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 on he goes. Lovely horse. He's really, okay. like Gary Rode, a winner on him in the group three there on the Saturday Champions Weekend last year. He always, he's softening, and I'm very good with his softening, but they always wanted soft ground. And then ground was loving quick last, last year and he handled it, so it surprised us. So the older, we protected him as a young horse, so the older he's got, the bit more, or the less ground dependent he's become. But he's been a transformation. He won a group two. And David was very keen, David Spratt, that we'd have a kick at, uh, at a classic. I'm not really keen. Like, when they're sold, I like to see them gone. Um, just go on, get on with your job. But the deal was he stays with me for the ledger. So, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's a good ledger, though. Very good ledger. Very you good could have ledger. Kiprios, Stradivarius. They're talking today that he could be supplemented. So it could be, could be a hell of a race. And James, we wouldn't be afraid of Stradivarius, would we? No? No. Kiprios. Kiprios, yeah. I think Joseph's horse will run well. Raise you. Yeah. Mm. Won very well last time out. And if Kiprios is lazy, he just might do him for a turn of foot because he has that little bit of zip. Yeah. But Kiprios is a fair horse. And if he... If he listen, April will have it into a bit of a war of attrition. If he mm. does, then Kiprios will be... Yeah, it's a mile six, obviously, and Goodwood... It's a different type of test to go to Ascot Gold Cup is obviously two and a half miles. So it'll be interesting to see if Kiprius does have the pace well, it, to win a ledger. But he'll have two pacemakers. Yeah. And they'll go fast. And have the pace to win a ledger? Kiprius? Is that what you're saying? Will he have enough pace to win a ledger? Is that ledger? what you said? That's, that's, he has yeah, the stamina that's what I was implying. He has the stamina to win a ledger. He doesn't need pace. Well, he's won a Gold Cup over two and a half miles. Yeah, he's not a fast horse. He's... he's He's not. <laughs> I think he'd win now. I'm just saying that's the, the doubt that we. Well, I, I think Ray's you might just do him for that little bit of turn of foot if it's if it's slow. Mm. But I don't think it, I don't think it'll happen. I think it'll be a be a pretty. Mm. You know, they'll make it into a stay and rest because you say he's he, he will stay well. Oh, absolutely. And he's lazy. So I think he's good. I think yeah. he's better than you're giving him credit for. Oh no, I think he's top top class. Mm. Yeah, it's just a trip would be a little bit of worry. I'd, I'd say whoever beats him will win the would win the ledger. Yeah. What's it like dealing with owners? I don't have any. <laughs> That's how you deal with them. <laughs> Johnny's great. Johnny's great with the owners. I don't know about that. Listen, it's... Um, but should they own the horses? You have to kind of make it. It's, 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 it's the journey, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> 
the, the reason why I ask the question is because we have got a, a famous owner in the audience here, the very man, Woodward Navin, back in January. Um, just the tip of the iceberg and a, a glittering sporting career for this man. 95 caps for Ireland, four Six Nations titles, two Grand Slams, four Champions Cups, two Lions Tours. Welcome to the Horse Race in Ireland, Longines Champions Weekend Roadshow, Rob Carney. Yeah. She's I'm walking into a bomb site here. Have you need enjoyed split, that? Need to split these two boys up. Staller and Waldorf, I tell you. I'm holding in my tummy already. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Do you know that this age Airlines is the Rob Carney of the racing scene? Bluffer. I don't know about that. Why are you laughing? <laughs> is this chair? I thought it was Garrett Lyons. <laughs> I thought it was Robbie Keane. I told that joke already. I'm not an egg ball, I'm a round ball sort of a man. Well, you get an education now over the next while. Um, your dad was involved, apparently, Robin, in the game, was he? Yeah, he was. He was, he was a breeder. So I, I grew up on a farm in the Cooley Peninsula, Candy Loudon, and he bred a load of horses. Now, I was never, you know, hugely into them. Um, but he used to take us away on, on race days and he had a couple of winners. And I remember his harp and broken a fair bit with them as well. <clears throat> and he'd load of prize money three race days in a row and he said right this is it I'm going to plough it all back in build up a big empire here and I think the whole thing went tits up and sort of that was, that was the end of it a little bit um, but like, he still takes a real keen interest in them um, but he doesn't he doesn't partake in it not that much I believe when your horse won there earlier in the year you weren't even there no, it wasn't, and I think it's probably a good thing because any other time it did go, he hasn't won. Um, so I'm starting to think now maybe the ones that I don't go to, we'll have a better chance of winning. But you know what? We haven't. I, I got it with another another mate of mine, Dan Kiley, and there were six of us <coughs> in the pub one evening. We did rake of pints and we thought geez it would be great to have a horse now we'll build a wee syndicate here together six of us yeah I'm in I'm in so we put a figure on the horse I think <clears throat> we bought it for 35 grand or something um, and there was six of us and we all said right everyone all in a few weeks later check comes in four of them bail out no 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 no, no. it was a few drinks of me I don't want to get involved in that so when I ended up taking a leg of the horse um, but it's, it's good crack isn't it and, and that's part of it as well yeah. you know we got the winner in Navin and you know it's, it's always nice to it's always nice to get the win but I'm still on the journey I'm still on the journey <laughs> That's it, that's it, the journey. Because you build it up, like it's two weeks in advance, you'd say, I'm ringing, run, ringing all, ring, run your horse there to Curra there. Two weeks' time. How do you work up? Ring him up again. Work great this morning, everything went well. We're all going, going to declare him now on Tuesday. Going to enter him on Tuesday. Everything's going well. Then you declare him, so yeah, declare him. He's got drawn six, and Ben Cohn's riding him. And so it's a full build up, build up, build up, and then the race day comes. And sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, but this is the bit that, that, that I don't get is that, so I've been in sport my whole life. Yeah. And there's some days you train like shite, you know, things don't go well for you. You have a bad day, you might sleep poorly the night before, you might be feeling a bit sick or whatever. But anytime I speak to the trainer, absolutely flying. We're delighted with him. <laughs> he is cruising. He is top of the world. We're going to put him into this race in a few weeks' time. We expect him to win or we expect him to place him. I'm thinking he can't be that good every day. You know, at least 
give me something to make me think that I might believe you. I bet you go though after that phone call with a huge amount of hockey party telling everybody, gosh, you know, this they're feeling really confident. Do you get lulled into it? Is he cynical? No, I don't. I'd be, I'd be cynical enough. Right. Now I'm lulled into it, you know, on, on, on race day. You're nervous now when you're, when you get your horses running, when you're going to like, is it different say when you would have gone when you're a, a younger person to a race meeting and just enjoyed it? Is it different as an owner? Yeah, it is different because there's more of a buzz with it, you know, and, and there's always that split, you know, few moments in your race when you think, Jesus, this, this could actually be our day, you know, and, and that's, that's part of the buzz and, and that's, you know, that's what keeps these boys in a job, all the owners thinking, today is our day, um, and more often than not, it's not. Well, certainly it has been for me in the last year. I remember my trainer, Johnny. My, my dad was involved in the horse years and years ago. Actually, Sheena Collins trained it. Um, uh, and it ran the first day at Leperson. Like that was talked up, you know. Going great, going great. And it was absolutely embarrassing how poorly this horse ran. It was a horse called Liberty Street, anyway. And the jockey came back in. I can't remember who rode him. I think it was, it was Danny Evans, I think, or somebody like that rode him. I can't remember who it was, anyway. But anyway, it was, a, it was a maiden hurdle, and he came back in. The jockey came back in, and he said, well, I know he didn't run that well, but he jumped well, he said. And my dad said, what do you mean he jumped well? The hurdles were flattened by the time he got to them. <laughs> So that's uh, the typical journey of an owner, I think. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind. The one time that I was speaking to them during the week and they said, oh, you know what, we'll just send him out for a good trip. You know, he's, if, if he plays, it'll be a good result. It's the one time he did win. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't mind if I got a small bit of a tip off, like, you know, your man was out Yesterday. there last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still denying it. Yeah. Um, you have to own them. You have to own them for that information. You have to pay for the privilege of that one. That's extra. Hey, that's extra. Do you want to see the amount of extras on these bills? <laughs> vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A. You don't run out on Lansdowne Road with a bloody hamburger in your dear. <laughs> we have to give these horses, they're top athletes like you. They got more, more physio than we ever got as yeah. players. <laughs> I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think out who this trainer is. You know, physio, additives. There's very few who do that. I wonder who this trainer is. Now, I will say, to be fair, I won't have a bad word said about my trainer. <laughs> is this Jessica Harrington? Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah. So I'm going to show a lot of loyalty now yeah. to Jessica. She's an unbelievable woman. You know, she's 70. She's still going strong. She's the bit between her teeth. Um, she needs her holidays paid for, Rob. <laughs> She goes on holidays with my wife, so I can say that, and I know, <laughs> I know how much they cost. Well, why don't you pay for both of them now with all these <laughs> wonderful winners that you've been having? Uh, maybe down to maybe the yard, supplementing yeah. Lynn's holiday as well. Right. You've been down to Jesse's then, Rob, yeah? You've seen how it all works. Yeah, I've been down a few times. Um, that's, it's, it's a great setup, and I'm sure that the two boys have unbelievable setups too. It's... You know, it's, it's brilliant to see how, you know, animals get the same, if not more, love and attention and, you know, training, coaching, everything that we did at the very highest of level. Mm. You know, it's brilliant to see that, that animals get that too. I, I've been to Bojards and Johnny's a lovely yard, but... Which is better? 
uh, I, I was going to give the answer now. Uh, of, of, both, of all the yards I've been, actually, in Ireland and England, the most immaculate yard I've ever been to is Gerolines's. You feel like you almost have to take your shoes off going into it. It is, everything is perfect. The hedges are cut perfect, the lawns are cut. Like, you do take great... I know you, I know you, <laughs> I know you can't stand the racing post, but I'm going to give you a compliment anyway. You do take pride in the appearance of your yard, Jared. It is, it's, it's something that you do particularly well. Appreciate there you go. That, there you go. There's a compliment Thank for you. Thank you very much. Will you answer the phone the next time I ring? No. There you go. No, it's a lovely yard. Yeah. Very nice yard. No, I don't talk to the Racing Post for a specific reason. It's nothing to do with the personalities. So. Good to know. So. so you're still friends? Oh, we're friends, which doesn't mean we have to talk to each other. <laughs> You were also telling us, Rob, you were down at Bally Doyle there recently. You saw the Willy Wonka chocolate factory that is Aidan O'Brien's empire. Yeah, that is... That's like something I've never seen before. Mm. Um, now, I haven't been the two boys. I've not been invited yet, so I've nothing to compare it against. <laughs> but he's a genius. He is at work. Um, you went to the van. Went to the in the van. You were in the in the in the, in the little, jeep with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were two hours there, um, and geez, he was drilling me with a hundred and one questions, just about my own experience in sport and how long would you sleep for and what side of the bed would you sleep on and your left shoulder, right shoulder, and she's thinking, it was just it was unbelievable. Um, That's why he's the best. Yeah, uh, but it was it was the culture within the yard that I found extraordinary. You know, um, knew everyone's name off by heart. Was, well, Mary, how's it going today? Well, Pat, how are you? I take great offence to that, actually. Well, well, how are you doing? I'm, I'm sure you know all the names, too. Yeah, I do. And, yeah, I know, I know, was, and so does Johnny. But every, the press go on, oh, he knows everybody's names. If you're paying their wages, you should know their names. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, the first thing I said was I haven't seen you in action. No, but... <laughs> so don't be coming at me. No. <laughs> I'm just talking about he my experience. Their, he knows their names. I mean, name a coach that trained you, right? Tony, Tony, come here. Tony, my name's Rob. How many times did you have to tell the coach your name? That actually happened to me once. <laughs> It was Eddie O'Sullivan. I was, I was only 19 years of age. It was, I was in the Irish camp maybe a few weeks, and we were in a circle at the end, and he looks at me and he goes... <laughs> and Malcolm O'Kelly was there at the time, and he goes, Rob. And he goes, yeah, yeah, Rob. I've never felt so small in my life. Luxembourg, you met him? Yeah, um... We went out in, into the yard where, where they keep all the stallions, is it? <clears throat> and the music was on. It was very peaceful and you couldn't really talk too loudly in case you woke them up. And Luxembourg came over and I was like, because I grew up at horses. We had a load of horses on the farm. So I thought of a little bit of a, little bit of a touch with them. So I was stroking them. And, ah, you're a lovely wee lad. Next thing, bang. <laughs> Takes a wee nibble at my arm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I won't be... Yeah. Won't be going petting him too much more. Yeah. But it, he, he's in good shape now coming right. in. He, he picked up a bit of an injury there. Mm, yeah, he missed a derby, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so his season obviously is... It's towards the second half of the season now. He, he wasn't that impressive, Johnny, in the Royal Whip, was he? He kind of... He got the job done and... He was carrying 40 kilos extra. Was he? Yeah. Like myself. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I just thought he had that. Aiden has thing. his lead as well. Aiden's <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, playing, watch this lead as well. <laughs> and it only took two hours. 
<laughs> it, took, what, it took you three years. <laughs> I, I'd be interested to know what, what Ger and Johnny make of Luxembourg because he is a horse that divides opinion. We have our own WhatsApp group in the Racing Post and when he won, you know, Richard Forrester, who's our editor, said, I love the way he sh- his attitude to win the race. He'd have a right chance in the arc. And a few others were saying, he has no chance in the arc. He'd be lapped. And it's quite interesting. He is a horse that divides opinion in Luxembourg. So I'd be interested to know what Ger and Johnny think. Well, I would bow to Johnny's experience in the big races because there's nobody better at it calling it. But I have learned through raw experience, you draw a line through Aidan's horses at your peril. I mean, he did one the other day. Uh, who? Ark. I can't hear you. Ark. Ark. Yeah, not, not just Ark. That was a maiden, but one of, that was a Tuesday. Bought her back from going nowhere. He does it all the time. Yeah. You can't draw a line through the man or his horses. You know, and it's, it's as much an all as you'd like to, but Luxembourg, is, and the other side of it is, like, they talk up every horse, so I don't know which horse is going to be which, but um, you draw a line through one of his horses at your peril. I don't think he'd beat Baid or Vadini if they came. Mm. I don't think they would. I think, listen, I don't like his head carriage. He just carries it up in the air. Mm. You know. They're in different races, though, aren't they? No, no. They'll be in the same race if they run, yeah. Vedeni, Baid and Luxembourg champion. You know, just the Royal Bahrain Irish champion six. Yeah, I don't like his, you know, you know the carrying their head up like that, you know. It's not natural, like you know what I mean? I don't like that. He only won 40 kilos overweight and, and the chair says they can improve and Aidens do improve loads. But I think he, I don't think he, if, if, if Baid comes over and Vedani, I don't think he'll get near them. No. Mm. You must see a lot of similarities, Rob, with, you know, the athleticism of the jockeys, the competitiveness of the sport, like the teamwork down at Jessica's, the culture, as you say, down at Aidan O'Brien's, the coaching that, you know, I'm sure there you see a lot of similarities between what you did as a, you know, as a rugby player and what you saw and, and with racing as well as another sport. Yeah, there is, there's loads. Like, you, you're very envious of the jockeys sometimes that they get so many opportunities on a day. Mm. You know, you lose a game for your country. Sometimes it can be six months before you get another opportunity <clears throat> to go out there and, and do the, you know, right the wrongs that happened times before. You know, these boys sometimes 15, 20 minutes later, back up, going again. So you're jealous of that if they have a bad race that they can just go again and, and get a winner. There's always just the next, the next, the next. So we had to wait a little bit longer for that. Um, but you know what, like the, the culture in some of these yards is, is unbelievable. The jockey, the toughness is, is different level. You know, we took some, some bad injuries, but nothing in comparison to, you know, what, what some jockeys would take. And, and in saying that, like when you walk out of Epsom and you're unlucky, it feels like that. Oh, I have to wait another year for this again. Or, or the arc or the champion stakes, like they're the ones that hurt the most, especially if you think, gee, maybe if I'd done this or I'd done that, I would have won. But I can, I can feel what Rob's saying, like it's a year. You can get up and you can win the next race and it does ease the pain. But when you go back that night and you watch that video, that's a tough one. They're the, they're the, ones, that, they're the ones that hurt. What was the, do you read much press, press coverage when you were playing? Did you read the newspapers? I didn't go out of my way to read them, um, and certainly early on in my career, I didn't because it was just newspapers. Last few years now, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, mm. it's everything. It's on your phone. It's plastered everywhere, so it's hard to avoid it sometimes. Um, 
you know, so you try not to, but if it's there sitting in front of you sometimes. You and you played well. Yeah, Nine out of ten in the ratings. You know, but if you believe that, you, you know, you have to believe the bad stuff too. So you always try and take a little bit of a happy medium between them. Because you did, did you know you had two pundits beside you, not just one, but two? ITV and a former at the races pundit as well. Well, you're, I can't be given out about pundits. You're, you, you're, you're a you're, you're virgin now, aren't you, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm a pundit too. Yeah. Do you, give, do, you give it to the, do you give it to the players or are you kind of still friendly with them? No, you, no. do you give it to them or are you still friendly with them? I, I give it more to the ones I'm not friendly with. <laughs> I'm the same. That's the God's honest I'm the same. I was in the and the ones I am friendly with them ask the question, they might have a bad game. My head is going 90 around. Say this in a way that kind of gets the point across, but he's not going to be pissed off from me later now during the week. But it's tough, it is difficult. It's but not easy. You know, it's not. I don't, I don't an Ascot this year. I was in the toilet in Ascot. Next to me, a jockey comes in. He goes, oh, here we go. <laughs> Port your turn, gamekeeper. I said, well, I said listen, I'm only, listen, who listens to me? I said, first of all. I said, who listens to me? And I said, if you... Jeez, ride, I must use that line now. Hey, <laughs> use that one, right? Who listens to me? I said, if you ride them well, you get the plaudits. But if you ride them bad, well... I said, the videos don't lie. Oh, yeah. yeah sharp memory, sharp memory. So... If you're going to be a good pundit, I think Fran and Ruby have brought it to a different level. If you're going to be a good pundit as an ex, you've got to call it as it is. Otherwise, mm. you lose respect. You did it for a while. I did, yeah. But I didn't do it. I was a trainer, you know, and they didn't. The, the, when I did it, it was green. The whole idea of, of, the, th of the racing channel was green. It was, it's not as it is now. It's very professional. It's very sharp. Back then, it was, you were just bullshitting. You know, you're at, yeah, yeah. Was it, like I used to do a, a, a tipping line when I when I stopped being a jockey. It was a fifteen fifty one these things? Yeah. yeah, eight. No, whatever it was in England. Yeah, Mother, l l lucrative, very. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, what nonsense! You know, I do not have a bet. I will not have a bet. Hence, I can look a jockey in the eye and move on to the next race. You know, if you punt, you talk to your pocket. You know. Do you enjoy the punditry, Johnny? Do I do enjoy it? Yeah, I find it easy. But I'm, I, I'm a bit like Jer now. I've got my own horses there, and you know, and owners watching you on ITV talking, and they're saying, eh, "I wonder who's training me horses back in the current." An owner rang me one day. I was on TV, and there was a break. How is my horse? <laughs> <laughs> I said, how, "How would I know?" I says, "I'm on ITV." Because <laughs> I knew he was watching the telly. I didn't want to say, you know. So how would I know? I said, "Evan seemed good when I left there four days ago," but. <laughs> But I do enjoy, I, I like it, it's, e it's easy, it's, e it's an easy way, it's an easy way, you know, you can see everything, and I love talking about, Something you, know, you wh know, what's it like in the weigh room, or what's it like in the dressing room, you know, the bulls in the atmosphere, and you know, some lads will be tense, other lads want to talk, and then what's it like after the race, I like reading the races after the race, I find I can read the race as well. It's easier to pick winners after the race as well. It is, yeah, but yeah. tipping... <laughs> Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Oh, uh, see, pe people want you to be a tip I'm not tipster. I'm not yeah. tipster. They said. want you to tip horses, and that's what it's about. Mm. And, one, and I didn't get that. No, mm. and I don't get I that either. That. And I don't. And nowadays, I don't even let on. If Ed asked me, I said, I didn't even look at this race. Mm. Do you know, so you're not trying to... Because some people may listen to you. It's quite funny. Somebody pointed this out to me before. If you're watching Monday Night Soccer, Premier League match, pundits are very rarely... They don't ask Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher straight before kickoff, what do you think the score will be? They never do. They talk about the match and they talk about the different positions and the way the game might go, but they never actually give a score prediction before the game. Whereas in racing, well, it's, yeah. the culture, it's all about it's a tips. cultural thing. Tips, tips. And I remember interviewing Ruby Walsh and he said to me, 
I got into punditry now to educate people into why things happen. And like a football match, tactics and why a jockey moved there and why this horse made the pace that day. And there is a little bit of an evolution, I think, happening at the minute in punditry. I think the pundits at the moment in racing are excellent. You named a couple there. It is very slick. You look across the water, even at the likes of Nick Luck, Steve Mellish. Here you've got Ruby, Fran Berry, Kevin. Like, it, it is oh, it's reaching a, a level now. Lydia, yeah. Lydia Hislop. I mean, it's yeah. gone up a notch. And if you're bluffing, which we did, you know, if you don't do your homework, they're going to find you out. But it still comes back to tip the winner. Like, Ruby and Fran still have to call what's, what's mm -hmm. going to win. Um, and that's where it's gone. And, like, I'm, I'm in probably sitting on my own. Like, I'm so adamant that trainers, jockeys, should not be writing blogs, should not be sponsored by bookmakers, should have nothing to do with it. It should be completely separate mm -hmm. to what we're doing. Because people out there literally li l hang on your every word. Mm -hmm. And there is people with problems, you know, and you have to be very, very careful about that. Absolutely, yeah. Do you feel like you're getting more bold as you enjoy the, the punditry more, Rob, that, you know, you can say what you, you feel and do you, do you feel the involvement of it? Yeah, I think you get a little bit more comfortable in yeah, it. Yeah, um, You know, the first time I started doing it is, you know, you're pretty nervous. You're worrying about what words you're going to say and who you're going to offend and am I going to say the right thing. But as you get a little bit more used to it, you know, you, you get more comfortable with it. Um, you learn how to articulate things in a way that is not going to be overly offensive. Yeah. But you're also trying to be honest and constructive because you have a job to do. Um, but no, I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. It still keeps me, you know, connected to the game. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's the important thing for me. You know, it's the only thing since I was five years of age I wanted to do was play rugby. Um, so and then one day you wake up and then you're told, right, that's it. You're done. You can't do it anymore. So, but you still yeah. feed from the buzz and you want to be involved in it. The adjustment to retirement, has that been easy for you? Um, yeah, I think it has, to be honest. You know, my wife says I'm a much happier person to be around now. Um, I'm not a pain in the backside. You know, I, I was very lucky. I did it for 18 years, I think. Um, yeah, I do miss it. I, I look on at New Zealand when they won the series decider against the All Blacks down there. And that was the first time I thought, geez, I'd really love to be down there. You know, they're having an unbelievable crack. They've just created history. But, you know, I had so many unbelievable great days as well that you just try and be appreciative of those as opposed to, you know, being bitter or wanting to be out at the other ones that, that, that you're missing out on now. What was the best day? Um, I think Grand Slam 2018 right. in, Twickenham. in Twickenham against England. 2009 was brilliant, but I was only 23. It was fresh. I was just new in the scene. I thought this always happens. Um, but then to be able to do it again nine years later, um, you know, it, it felt pretty good. And that season we, we won the Heineken Cup at Leinster and then went down to Australia and won a series down there against them. So that, that year, 2018, was, was very special. Jerry was talking about bad days and how you felt. Was there an equivalent worst day? Lions, okay. Lions right. second test against South Africa in 2009. And then we played the All Blacks in the Aviva. So we were leading throughout we were the whole game. 19 yeah. nil yeah. up. Yeah. I don't know what year it was. It 2013, yeah. Was it 2013? <laughs> yeah. Good man. Yeah. Um, 
Jesus, nine I'd years. I'd you too, yeah. Yeah, because it was in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and you're 19 nil up and you go, okay, New Zealand are good, but there's no way we could blow this 19.0 uh, lead. And we did. Was it just silence in the dressing room after? Was it must have been... Yeah, it was. I, I honestly, I, we didn't have a game the following week. I, I didn't leave my house for five days. I was genuinely just distraught. But then we got to beat them a few years later, so it was fine. In Chicago? <laughs> In Chicago. Yeah, but that, that, was, that was probably the toughest one. Yeah. So the Grand Slam, you're going to Twickenham and you're winning. Like, it was so hard for us to win at Twickenham for so many years. It, it's quite an intimidating place when you're, it starts to go against you, isn't it, when you're playing? The, but when you get on top of them and when you win on Patrick's Day as well, wasn't it? Was that that's, a real snowy day? The, yeah, it was snowy. Freezing. Yeah. And do you know what? I was there. Were you? I was. <laughs> Did you have Oli, hadn't you? I was there. It was brilliant. <laughs> Did you be in the yard at all, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> Were you with ITV? <laughs> no. He was there with ITV. I know. I I do, I, I, all I do remember, I had no hat. <laughs> it was the coldest day I've coldest ever been day. in. You know what? The, the morning of the game, uh, we got a message back through to saying that because there was a bit of snow and they were worried about it snowing, they were going to paint all the lines blue instead of white. And on the two dead ball areas, which is you know, that little box behind mm. the goalposts. They made them, you know, half a meter longer. Mm. I don't understand why they did it, but they made the dead ball area longer. And then Jacob Stockdale's try just before half time was on that half little meter. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Bigger. Amazing. Yeah. But, they never, but they, that it, was unbelievable because it was Paddy's day, but the game was over at half time. Yeah, you never looked like losing. You were you know, in total control. And that, that is... The, the, the best best wins are when you go out for the second half and you can sort of take it not easy but you know that's what we, happened again the All Blacks you don't remember that <laughs> hey that's what happened again the All Blacks when you're 19 in love did you not learn from that one did you learn from yesterday <laughs> we were talking about you know Aiden there you don't have to answer this now but who was the best coach ever played under Aiden for two hours <laughs> if it's going to get you in trouble now you don't have to answer I'd, I'd one coach who remembered my name, like Aidan did, uh, Joe Schmidt. Mm. Nah, he, was, he was a class act, he was. Now, he was, he was, he was tough to work under because he was, you know, he, he was tough, he was meticulous. He was, Were you scared of him? He was a perfectionist, yeah. Scared shitless, everyone was. Everybody was. And Monday morning, you'd come in a room like this and there'd be the big screen up and he would pinpoint every single little thing and call you out. What the, are you doing here? And it's, it's a tough place to be when you're with all your teammates and you're getting called out for it. Um, but he just created this unbelievable culture of winners. Now it finished badly first. Is there a shelf life for that? A shelf life to that culture of, well, I'm a bit apprehensive. I'm going into like almost like a Monday morning school, the headmaster kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to know. It's brilliant when you're winning all yeah. the time because you say, right, I'm going to deal with all of the stuff that comes with it. I don't care because we're winning on the weekend. Um, you know, if you have a season where things start to go a little bit badly, you know, then sometimes the atmosphere can get a little bit like, well, you, you know, your man's finished now. We're not winning. So. Is that what happened to Japan? Uh, no, I don't think so. I right. think, you know, in, in Japan, 2018, we'd beaten the All Blacks. We've won a Grand Slam. Best team in the world, and I think we probably just stagnated a little bit. We thought we have the magic potion now to success. 
we just need to replicate this for the next 12 months and everything will be hunky-dory. <clears throat> when all the other ones were improving, they looked at us in the top and said, right, we need to improve, we need to get better, we need to rip our game plan apart. And we just stayed still a little bit and, you know, the boys will tell you, as soon as you stay still, you'll get caught out and passed. And if you played well, if just say if you had a really, really good game, would he go, fair play, Rob? I would, yeah. Or Jack. Yeah. Or Mickey, or whatever he was calling you. <laughs> no, uh, would he say you had a great game? Would he build you up when you when you played well? Yeah, he would. But you know, after after the after the game, he'd, he'd always say that. But he'd always give you a little something. He's like, two minutes forty-seven into the game, you did this, and you're like, oh, okay. So he'd always give you a compliment, but then a little backhand one, yeah. No what about, about them? Yeah. What about the way we're playing now under Andy Farrell? Like, it's very exciting, like winning down in New Zealand for the first ever time. We got a World Cup next year. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm pretty positive on it. You know, they're doing very well. They're playing a different different type of game plan to the one we did in 2018, 2019. Um, you know, they're they're attacking an awful lot more than than we probably did back then. They're moving the ball from edge of the field really well. The rock ball is very good. So, you know, they'll have huge confidence now that they can beat any team in the world. Um, you know, I just hope for their sake and for our sake that we're able to pass this quarterfinal stage because it's getting tough at this stage. Yeah, and Johnny being fit is huge as well. Yeah, it's very important. It is. It is. Yeah. He's, he's, it's a different team when he's in it. Um, you know, so we need to make sure he's kept fit. What's he like? Oh, he's a legend. What's he like? You know what I mean? You're saying he's a legend. You know, you're a legend. But what's he like in the dressing yeah, room? Is he the man? Is he? Is he? Yeah, he is the man. He, he is, and he does. He, he does. Give it, everything. Does, he, does he give you the look or the snarl? Or does oh, he, he gives you everything. He's he's an animal. I love yeah. that. I love that, yeah. He is. You remember how I used to give you the look, Joe? No, but I you know if you, if you give him a look back, I'm well. you'd swear you'd just robbed his house. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he looks like he's... Can he... you just imagine the shelf life Ben Cohen is going to have? <laughs> uh, no, I do think it is very important, though, for young people, you keep telling them how good they are, because straight away, the, the, first, the first thing they say, oh, I'm not good enough. I say, no, no, you're the best. But that's a lie. Well, I don't care if it's a lie. Yeah, but he doesn't know. He doesn't. I don't care if it's a lie. Hey, if I keep telling him enough, of it, maybe he will believe it himself. But, like you, Monday morning, come in, then look at that video. And we look at that video again. Get up there. What, why? Why are you doing sitting sit fucking three wide around Tipperary again? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. I should have kicked on, should I? Well, I said, you know. <laughs> but, that's, that's, I think the good, the good lads will take it. The, the good yeah. lads will take it. You know, the good lads will take it and make them better. And that's what you, you know, you do. And that's, but I think it's very important that you keep telling them, young people now, nowadays, how good they are. Because the first impression is, oh, maybe I'm not good enough or I'm not good looking enough or, you know, I'm not this or that. Because they're on that yeah. gadget all the time. Yeah. That was really important to Leinster as well, bringing that kind of, uh, it's almost, was it like playing for a club team, playing for Leinster? Was it different to Ireland? when you were there winning all those Champions Cups or was it? Yeah, it was. It was different, but like, Ireland's your country. You know, that's, that's the pinnacle of it. With Leinster, you're probably playing with all your, your closer mates because you've all come up through the ranks together. You spend every, every day together. Um, but they're, they're both very special for, for different reasons. You know, but it is, I 
completely agree with with that point, you know, yeah. about young kids coming through. And and I was the same growing up. You know, you have a huge amount of, of self-confidence issues um, because there's always going to be times that, that you doubt yourself. No one's bulletproof to this stuff. And sometimes the best thing a coach or a trainer or somebody can do is is tell you, you know, you're good enough. You'll have to work hard for it, and there will pinpoint things where you vary as improvement, you know. But you, you've always got to got to give young people coming through confidence that that they can achieve it. It's light and shade, isn't it? It's encouragement and a bit of constructive feedback. Yeah, but that, that's that's the art of good coaching, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And social media hasn't helped. It hasn't helped, as Johnny said there. It hasn't helped people looking at their phones, looking at, like nobody's immune to criticism, even as even if you're the you know the, one of the top players in Ireland. No, there's not, and there's more of it now. You know, it's, it's, it faces you everywhere. Yeah. There's an answer to that, though. You, you, I did it at the start of COVID. Uh, social media free, just dropped everything and just said, enough of this, it's nonsense. Yeah. You used to be good in the old yeah. social media. You were getting, you used to be on Twitter and everything. Yeah, I was, I was getting up every morning reading your posts. <laughs> I did it. I did it before anybody did it in the game, and, and when it was when it was new and it was whatever. But then it took over, and you go down rabbit holes, and you do this and you do that, and if but it you're takes answering over, them you back. You can't be answering no, them back. No, I don't back, answer. Joe. Never answer them back. You did. No, only. We're rowing with them on Everton. Only the. <laughs> <laughs> but I sending them messages, direct messages. You were. You can't do. What's your address? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> you sound a bit guilty. Johnny wouldn't know how to spell social media. Never mind know what it was. Uh, no. There's a thing now, it comes up. You don't even have to spell it right. It just spells it right for you. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get three words. You just have to pick it. <laughs> oh, Lord. We'll, we'll get some questions from the floor in a couple of minutes. So think of a good question for Rob or for Jerry or for Johnny. Um, what does Rob shave with? <laughs> I need to know that. I had my wife on a stubble coming up here. I says, I'm going up with Rob Carney, Lynn. What do I need to do? And she says, don't go. <laughs> I'll send you a tweet later. <laughs> you still playing a bit of GA, Rob? No, I'm not. I went back last year for four months back home to Loud, but it was tough. I, I was a good Gaelic footballer coming up through the ranks and played minor for three years, so I thought, I'll go back, it can't be that much mm. different. Tough well, for you. Oh. Yeah, we were talking about this upstairs in the bar, and he was telling me what? how tough it was for him. <laughs> in the bar? In the bar, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Dave's still playing. Backstage. Dave's still playing I, the gap. I, I Tell him you're sorry. Go on. The only you man do. in the country, God, too. Yeah, I went. I'm a goalkeeper, obviously. I'm not a corner foe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joined. Yeah, I'm the only person I'd say. In the, I'd say I have a record here because I played senior football for my old club, Dunderry, 20 years ago when I was actually much leaner. And we got relegated that year, backed into media. So 20 years ago, we got relegated, moved to Dunshockland, where I'm living now, building a house, got a transfer to Dunshockland last year, got on the team, played senior football. What happened? We got relegated. So I played senior <laughs> football two years, and I've got relegated both times in the space of 20 years. And Sometimes, he's the goalkeeper. Yeah, I'm the goalkeeper. <laughs> you know the way you say, it's not me, it's you? I think yeah, it yeah, is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
But the, oh, the three, yeah, we three. I was going to go back this year, and I went back a little bit, and uh, I, I'd be actually, looks can be deceiving, I'd be all right, like, I'm <laughs> agile enough, and uh, played a little bit, I have a few mead caps on my CV, and uh, we were training uh, in the Phoenix Park one Sunday morning at about, Paul Curran actually is training us now, and Richie Keeley in the chocolate. Right, Dub. And the training was at half seven on a Sunday morning, and I was in bed, and I was hemming and hawing about whether I go or not, and... Uh, Aoife was giving out to me, she was pregnant at the time, what are you going for? And I said, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. So she was mad at me for going. I didn't want to go because I knew I was going to embarrass myself, but I said, no, I want to go, I want to win a medal this year. Went to the Phoenix Park, I said, it's flat enough anyway. And little did I know there's actually a hill in the Phoenix Park called Magazine <laughs> Hill. We got there, Annie, and Paul Curran says, so it's right, lads, we're doing 24 of these hill sprints. And I did four. And I just <laughs> contemplated life and I said, I'm too old, I'm too fat for this. So that was my last serious training session with Don Chocolate. Yeah, I've, uh, I've moved on in life. So that was the story fair me and Rob were Dave. talking about in the non-bar upstairs. Fair play to you, fair play to you. Uh, any questions from the floor? Anybody want to raise their hand, this young gentleman here? We'll take three or four questions. We'll just get the microphone over here for you. Question for Johnny and Jer. Um, so one horse you're looking forward the most uh, to aim at Irish Champions Weekend. One horse you're looking forward to the most. It's always punters in the. He's always punters. <laughs> I don't actually bet. <laughs> I, I know you don't. You've been I, down my yard a few man, times. Yeah. yeah. He's a very good man on the Twitter. This lad. He does a lot of promotion for Irish racing. Best horse I have. Well, I have two horses that I, I'm of high hopes for Champions Weekend. Ladies Church in the sprint and Chartash in the national stakes. So they're my two. Hmm. So Ladies Church runs on the Sunday in the Dubai flying five stakes at 2.25 and then Chartash in 3.35 on the Sunday at the Curra, the Vincent O'Brien national stakes, the group one. Anybody else got a question? And Chair, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> still thinking. <laughs> I'm trying to help you here, Tiernan. I, I, four um, winners last year, you must have one this year. I, th I think I've used up all my luck. Uh, you know the first race? Yeah, the... Whatever I run in that. Mewi Wewi. No, she won't run in that, well, except for furlongs. This is a leopard's town. Probably amazing show. Just I need my notebook. Very good, thank Sir, you. Or Sarinsky, something like that. That'd be the race. I'd be more confident that I'd have a winner. Dead uh, sir. <laughs> oh, certainly, boy. <laughs> so this is on the... Is it, this is the Leper's Town? That's not out yet. It's not out yet. That's the okay. English beat. It's, okay. it's the okay. first race, the, the listed stakes. Okay, very good. We've we got to wrap it up, folks. And uh, we really... God. Oh, no, you, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't come. We, we just want a couple more questions, okay? <laughs> Guys, we've really enjoyed the discussion so far. And just before I ask my question, John, I just want to make a comment that... Obviously, the guys are legends in their sphere and their sports and what to do, but I just wanted to pass a comment to say that in respect to OTB and what you're delivering in terms of sport broadcast is also legendary and what you're doing is excellent. So thanks for that product. It's really appreciated. I love listening to you. I love what you produce and what you deliver to us. Um, two questions, really, I had for the guys. Um, one is just in terms of... Like we're talking about the racing and you're on about winning and losing and leaving the track, but you're basically running a business. And I'm just wondering how you plot out at the start of the year, what kind of discussions you have with your team and your people around what targets you have to set, you have to achieve for the year and how you plan all that and what discussions take place. And also, just in, in the world we're living in at the moment, the, the topic of green and sustainability is, is, is very taboo, it's very important. Is that something you're conscious of? And are you thinking about you know, the energy, how, how your business is used energy? And 
um, evolving and changing that down the road? Or is that, that something you're conscious of? Conscious of how much energy I'm using myself most of the time, but um, no, you have to be conscious of all that. Yeah, as I suppose, like we have, we have two bins now instead of everything just controlling into one. You have the green bin, you have this bin, you have that you're bin. You're talking rubbish now, Johnny. Yeah, but um, <laughs> when we, the, the strategy at the start. Just the two bins come in ten years ago. <laughs> I've had a green bin for 10 years. <laughs> no, no, no. And I'll, tell, I'll let you in on a secret. No, there's, a my brown, there's a brown one as well. <laughs> but I have that one as well. I have that one as well. Well done, lad. Well done. He needed that one. But, well done. <laughs> but at the start of the year, I say, right, lads, this is where we're going to go. We want to be in the top five in Ireland. We want to be in the top five in Ireland. That's, where, that's the aim. We want to have 10 winners a month. And that's where we start off. And you know what I mean? And then it just keeps rolling. But I don't, we don't, I, the ultimate goal is to be in the top five in Ireland. And then you have small little goals along the way. Um, I think racing is doing plenty, as I said, for the, the, the energy. to have two bins now, three bins now, instead of that. <laughs> but, but it is a discussion that, that, that they are you know, looking into. And you can see that the racetracks are doing that as well. Um, but as for my team, I have a great team. I have a great team of people around me, young people. Is that something he, like that's a huge cost? Like, because the energy is increasing. Yeah, it is. The like, the bi- like you better ask my wife about the energies. I don't know any of the bills that come in because she's in the office there. But the electricity's gone up, the water's gone up. You know what I mean? So everything's gone up. We used to have like straw and hay, which were the main things, and they were the cheapest too. They are obviously now we have a shavings and we have Canadian hay, and they're the most, nearly the most expensive we have now. So loads of things have changed, and loads of things have got dearer as over the last couple of years, but you know, that's, that's just something we have to do and keep, keep on top of it. And as I said, the ladies in the office, I, I don't like that call when they say, come up, Johnny, we have to discuss them after buying maybe 20 new bridles or maybe, you know, new rugs or this or that or the other that weren't in the budget for that year, but the horses come first and, you know, they, they, they get what they, the horses always get what they, what they need and to try and get those, all those one percents, you know what I mean? All those one, we don't want improve them by 20% every day. If we can just keep all the 1%, that's what makes the difference winning and losing Ireland. Okay, thank you. And this lady here, just to finish. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to pick up on a point that uh, Rob had said about going in on a Monday morning and you know, the whole thing was sort of deconstructed as to what went wrong and what didn't go wrong. But after a race, obviously, the owners are sort of told, you know, oh, God, we we thought great of this horse and whatever went wrong and if, if it didn't win or whatever. But when you go back to the yard, is there like the rerun of that race and is it diagnosed the whole way through and you know maybe we should have done a b and c now i'm not saying that you tell the owners that but does that actually happen yeah we should listen after after the race the jockey comes in and he says what happens and he says you know what i often come in myself and say you know what i maybe went a bit too quick in front and i just died the last bit so maybe the next time we'll hold it up so in my yard, everything's open, it's out front, the jockey gets his say, then I'll see big to the owner afterwards, and I'll say, listen, he did, he went a bit quick in front of the jockey, so next time we'll hold it up. And then, as you say, you go home, you watch the race, and if there's something else you pick up on then after that, you ring him up and say, you know what, 
the last couple of runs on fast ground, the jockey said the ground was a little bit too slow, so we'll keep him on fast ground. So there's loads of things like that. It's, you know, you, you are, you are trying to, you are trying to find, again, those little 1% that'll make the difference from winning and losing. And I suppose it's very important that the owner, it's hugely important that the owner's involved in all those decisions. But if they really trust you, they leave it to you. And I think that's when, that's when you're at your best. If they just leave it to you, they know, like the owners I have know I'm doing what's best for the horse to get the final result, which is going to be best for everybody. Folks, thanks so much. Look, uh, is there anything for the couple of days that you're, you're really looking forward to running, Ger? This weekend? No, no in the, uh, in the, or in the uh, Champions weekend. weekend. I'm looking forward to the occasion. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's the best thing that's happened to Irish racing in my in my time. Uh, kicks off in Leopardstown. I think it's fantastic days racing. Um, I just can't wait for it. I think yeah. you know it's where I I want to be. It's where I want my runners to be, and it 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 sells Irish racing the best of, and it hasn't let us down yet. Johnny, what are you looking forward to? For the, yeah, as I said, the Ladies Church, she won, Ladies the, Church yeah. she won the Group 2 last time out. It's a big step to Group 1. Um, looking forward to her and Shartash. He was, yes. third, he was third in the, the Phoenix Stakes, the Aidan O'Brien's Hot Pot, who I heard is not run. Little Big Bear, yeah. Little Big Bear might not run in the National Stakes. So, um, I, think he'd run, I think he'd run a big one in the National Stakes. I think stepping up to seven furlongs will suit him well. And if... If we get a bit of rain, that will help them also. David, anything that you're looking forward to seeing? Um, the National Stakes could be a cracker this year. Godolphin have some really good two-year-olds. Um, thought Noble Style was very good at York last week. And uh, I think Silver Knot, who won at Sandown last Saturday, could be very good. If either of those came over for the, for the National Stakes, um, I thought they would take a bit of beating with Little Big Bear out. If they can beat Johnny's, Shartash has got loads of pace. He's better than he showed the last day, isn't he? Listen, I was surprised. He just got a bit outpaced. I thought he was pacey, but he's bred to stay and he's settling more relaxed now. So I think he hit the line well. I was happy the way, I was, I was happy the way he hit the line. Yeah, the winner could be a very good horse. But like the lad said, like, there are two great days. Like, I'm, priv I'm in a privileged position to be writing about something that I am passionate about. And to go to those two days and you're writing about like these lads and, and the horses and stuff like you're you know sometimes you're knackered after coming in from work and you're saying oh god but those days you're like oh my god I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing so just very lucky John and a big year ahead Rob for the rugby fingers crossed for the World Cup we might do something yeah fingers crossed you know, there's, there's a lot to play out before yeah. then you know yeah, you've got a big autumn, autumn international six nations and then another six months so hopefully they can just keep building keep trying to peak towards um, that big World Cup and hopefully get past that quarter final stage well, we'd like to thank Horse Racing Ireland for supporting this event at the Davenport Hotel in Dublin tonight. Thank you all for coming. Uh, be sure to follow Horse Racing Ireland on their social channels. Remember, Longines Irish Champions Weekend takes place Saturday the 10th of September and Sunday the 11th of September. So at Leperstown on the Saturday and the Curra on the Sunday. From David Jennings of the Racing Post, myself, John Duggan, we appreciate your time. Let's give a big round of applause for our special guests. It's been such great fun tonight. Ger <laughs> Lyons, Johnny Murta and Rob Kearney. Enjoy the rest of your night, folks. Thanks so much for coming. We'll see you at Leopardstown of the Curry.